0: Welcome to another episode of our Transformers podcast with... Charlie. And Thomas. And you are listening to... Sparkcast. Who enunciated a little too long there? (laughs) No, just...
1: (laughs) I should have put the little, like, filter thing on so it doesn't...
0: (sniffs) It's Season 2, Episode 4 overall it's the something episode i don't know i didn't write it down oh my god i'm a failure but the title of the episode
2: is traitor
0: no this is attack of the autobots Yeah, uh, yep you're right i'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> you really want to start talking about cliff jumper don't you anyway attack of the autobots What happens in this story, any one of you?
1: Any one of us? Oh my God. Just a brief summary
0: of the plot in 30 seconds.
1: Okay. Well, the Autobots seem to be minding their own business when somehow they got some kind of attitude adjustment and the Decepticons got them smashing jets at the Air Force base, and... Okay, I'm I'm terrible at this.
0: Thomas, <laughs> oh, ha- pick it up. How's it end? It ends with Optimus beating up some people.
1: <laughs>
0: I thought it ended with him hugging some people.
1: I was trying to remember how this began. How did they get to this? I remember they had to... They detected the Decepticons.
0: The well, let's say so before we begin... A full detail of everything. So, I'm going to quickly talk about two things. First is the... Where'd it go?
1: He's the that meets the eye. He's a robot in disguise.
0: This was actually released later due to Skyfire appearing. So, it was never actually aired in Japan. It was one of two episodes that instead had to be released years later on Laserdisc. However, when it was released, the entire U.S. theme song was included at the beginning and end of the title, because it was just the full U.S. episode, and they got all the original voice cast back together, except for two of the voice actors to dub the final two episodes for the Laserdisc release. It even kept in the transitions between the second and third acts, where it says, we now return to the Transformers. And that was not dubbed in Japanese. It apparently even had English subtitles, but those are not available on the DVDs that I have. But what is interesting is this episode includes the Season 1 opening and ending theme, and the other episode that wasn't aired includes the Season 2 opening and ending theme, and they're clean. They have no credits on them whatsoever. So if you've ever wanted to watch the ending themes without those credits that is available in every anime special feature disc, now you can. I just thought that was kind of interesting that they did that with those two episodes. So yeah. Do you guys even care or pay attention to things like that when you get your anime and it's like, hey, here's the uh, opening and ending themes without credits.
1: The clean openings and endings. I always watch those. Hmm. Eh,
2: I I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll check them out for a few seconds, but I'm generally not. Unless it's an opening or ending sequence that just jumps out at me, which most don't, I'm generally not going to watch
0: it. I care more about the themes themselves. Yeah, uh, well, this is the, the ending is clean, so it's basically just the instrumental. Hmm. But what's um, but interesting is it also came with the original U.S. dialogue uh, as a special feature of this episode, too, so they could watch it in the original U.S. version with Japanese subtitles, as well as the new Japanese dub. So that was a cool special feature for the two unreleased episodes. And because of that, there's also no cuts this episode.
1: Sarcasm, not appreciated.
0: So the writer for this episode is David Wise. We haven't actually talked about him on Transformers, but we did talk about him on uh what's the other show we watched on this podcast? <laughs> Mighty man. Mighty Orbots, yes. Mighty Orbots. He was a writer on one of those. So we did talk about him before, but I still wanted to talk about him here for the main episode. But you should also listen to that section in Mighty Orbots. So we basically, everyone who watched Ninja Turtles would know him because he wrote close to 70 of the episodes for the series.
1: Wow.
0: He wrote 15 episodes of the Transformers. And I think this is the first one we're reviewing for him here. Fortunately, he did pass away recently in the year 2020. I do know that I've watched him a lot on my TMNT DVDs because he's in a lot of the special features for the first few seasons. Was that his most prolific piece of work? Did he do most of his writing there? Uh, let me see here. I know that uh, uh, yeah, it's down there further. Here's a fun fact for him he named a scientist in one of his Transformers episodes. The first and last name on, for, on one of the actual animators of the show, which I found pretty hilarious. Apparently, he recycles some of his plots from series to series. The most ridiculous example I found, which is kind of hilarious, is an evil AI takes over machines. And this happens in his scripts for Transformers, Keyman, Defenders of the Earth, Speed Racer, and Mighty Ducks. An evil AI just decides to start taking over all the robotics and tries to take over the world.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm going to first say that he didn't come up with that idea, and he's also not the only one who just beats that trope into the ground.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's everywhere. He also wrote an episode where, in Transformers and Ninja Turtles, the good guy makes a... Machine that the bad guys steal to brainwash the citizens of New York City in both shows But uh, so basically Some of the other things that he wrote is he did write the Beastmaster 3 movie the failed Battletoads TV pilot Which isn't really helpful when trying to look him up because the other David wise was actually a composer that did Battletoads video game music Oh, that's a funny coincidence He wrote a lot of the episodes for Cops, Chip and Dales, Rescue Rangers, My Little Pony, He-Man, Jim, Batman the Animated Series, The Biscuits, I don't know that one, Godzilla, Space Sentinels, which I've never heard of either, and these were all stuff he wrote a lot for anything that was one to three I didn't include, like Mighty Orbots. That just happened to be one we reviewed here.
1: I think Biscuits was a, I think that's a cartoon about dogs. I'm not mistaken. Cartoon dogs.
0: <laughs> I was just wondering what Batman episodes he writes. He wrote, I'm also watching He Man right now, the old series, so I'll probably see his episodes eventually. They had to release the entire complete He Man and She Ra for like 30 bucks at Best Buy, so I had to get them. Even though I haven't seen them since I was two, three years old. Anyway, that's David Wise. So on with the episode. Other stuff we liked or didn't like, and blah, 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 our usual little spiel. <laughs> so, I think it's funny in this episode, there basically is a rocket with a solar satellite that will give unlimited energy to the world. That's it. I mean, that means in this universe, they've solved the energy crisis worldwide. With, like, in the first few episodes of Transformers. I mean, I'm I just thinking, man, even global warming should be a thing in the past at this point. So, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. They're like, oh, and, and yet in future episodes, they're still researching more energy. And I'm like, why? You've already solved it with this episode. Well, I guess... Well, I don't know. Actually,
2: this one, I'm not so so sure. I know the initial... the I guess the satellite never made it up, but... Surely they could try again, unless the Decepticons... Well, no way. Uh, they made like, it up.
0: Uh, Optimus threw it into space, where it maintained an orbit, I assume.
1: But Dr. Hardigan, a.k.a. Dr. Harding... Yeah. <laughs> actually, I mean, she's still alive, and it looks like she could still invent things. She could totally just pull her plans up and build that again.
0: Yeah, well, they don't need to. It's orbiting... The Earth right now, its they they succeeded. Uh, Optimus just chucked it into the sky. Boom. Orbital path, and now we got all the energy, right?
1: Oh, okay. I thought it was going up there because it was dangerous or something. No, he was just... Like, it was going to explode. No, he
0: wanted it to give free energy to the world. So now the Transformers have helped. I'm going to doubt that. I'm going to say
2: that he didn't want the world to have free energy, and he just threw it into space. Because one, Optimus (laughs) isn't that strong. Two, he's not so strong and in, in that precise where he could just say, like, if I just throw it just like this, this will stay in a perpetual orbit.
0: <laughs> what Doesn't the satellite have little mini rockets on it? Can it propel itself into an orbit? I know. Did he coordinate with the rest of the scientists so they would be prepared to, to slow it down in time? Well, at the end of the episode, don't they have a congratulatory speech with the, uh, the scientist Harding? And they're just like hard again or whatever and she's like oh yeah we did it somehow like anyway so they're all congratulating that they succeeded i don't remember the only thing about that scientist i remember
2: is that that doctor is super hardcore because one she (laughs) she she jumped out of a window (laughs) in the window it looked like it was about like at least five stories up and she survived (laughs) she survived falling that far and then later on, she got put into a dumpster, like a trash can, like outside of a yeah. you know a shop. And she's an Android. One of the Decepticons <laughs> threw it at the wall while she was in it, and she survived that too. It was like That's... this doctor. Not only is she a super nerve that solves the world's problems, she just like I have just crazy physical strength and like. That's what I forgot to me. mention
0: in the Japanese part. One of the things I recognize is they added a scream while she's being thrown in the trash can and she's completely silent in the U.S. version.
1: Oh, I can imagine the Japanese scream. I know what it sounds like.
0: (laughs) Her scream sounds like she's dying, like she just died when she was thrown. It's like, ah! I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) No chance.
2: Not not after she jumped out that window. So the the American version was more accurate because that
0: wouldn't faze her at all, being thrown at a wall after she jumped out of a 10-story building. Well, when she jumped on, remember, she didn't jump on, I know there was cement below, but she jumped on a parasol, that was on top of a table where people were eating. So she landed safely. Well, what right? difference does it make? I mean, <laughs> that, what, that,
1: that what totally have we seen? That's that not that a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> I just what want have to... we
2: seen that says that she's had like super soldier training and she could just do that on her first try and land exactly where she
0: jumped. Once the jump.
1: <laughs> I almost thought she was evil. And she
0: looks back at them too. Like, Haha, I got away from you and runs away. <laughs>
1: She looked yeah. like um, a villain, like running away. Like, yeah, when she like... turned
2: around and looked back, yeah, I'm, I agree with you, Charlie. When she turned around, and looked back, it was like, it, she, I, 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 that particular shot, I could swear is like this came from G.I. Joe. Like this is like a, uh yeah. one <laughs> of the, one of them undercover just looking back.
0: I, I almost wanted to be like, see if they could. God, what's that show where they test things that to see if it actually works in real life. Mythbusters. Mythbusters. <laughs> I like to be funny to see Mythbusters where, like, we've got our body double thing here and we're going to chuck it five stories below onto the table's uh, parasol. parasol tent and see if it, like, can pressure her body or she'll just fall right through it. And, it's like, here pale. we placed here we placed <laughs> this human body inside a dumpster and we're going to chuck it 50 <laughs> miles an hour at a wall about about 20 yards over and see if the body lives.
1: Yes, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, stuff that, like that, that was
0: pretty. That was pretty
2: crazy. Like I, <laughs> they, that was def, they definitely made
0: this nothing side character pretty interesting. What I think was funny is like just all the episodes we've been watching in Megatron. I'm sure he would find some way to screw up this satellite. He would find out that it provides unlimited energy forever, and he would still find some BS way to destroy it by trying to get more energy out of it faster. I'm like, dude, it'll be unlimited forever, so just wait for that one Energon cube every, like, few hours. Instead of trying to make 50 of them in five seconds, then the satellite blows up. Phil, that's, like, what he does all the time now. Well, I wouldn't just put that on him. I mean, that's the Decepticons, period. They always find some way to ruin each other's plans. So, one thing that's funny is they, they have the, the Decepticons have this thing they'll never use again, they basically stage a fake fight in front of the Ark while Starscream and Megatron use invisibility spray, which they'll never use again in the series, to sneak into the Ark to plant their personality destabilizer in in the Ark. And, and it's just so funny. But I do like the how Starscream opens his chest and all inside of him is not invisible because it wasn't sprayed with it. Like things like that.
1: Yeah, that that's a good detail. I thought it was just funny that. You know, this was the moment that Megatron had been waiting for. It sounded like it was going to be really important, and then Starscream just like. Psst, 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 psst. <laughs>
0: yeah, what did he need Starscream for? He could have just gone in himself and put it in there. Why did he need another person to do it? Or he could just had Maybe Stars- Megatron Starscream didn't have him. a big enough compartment. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's funny later when Teletran One is like Megatron placed this in here. And you're just seeing a repeat of the scene where invisible Megatron, who's got white lines on him, is putting the destabilizer inside. I don't think that they actually see Megatron being invisible. I think that's just for us, the audience, to see him doing that and to see where he is yeah, in the physical space. But that does, yeah, That's the way that they do that is kind of weird. Okay, Teletran 1 recorded this but didn't say anything about it. Well, I think he didn't kn- know about it at the time. Like, once he saw the Autobots were evil, you know, he reviewed his tapes and saw uh, something out of the ordinary, like a thing opening that couldn't have opened by itself. So he's not monitoring his own security footage? Well, like, why would, I don't know, maybe, I would, what do, who knows what computers do? I don't work in computers, uh, or, in the, or in advanced AI propagation, so well, I don't know. Well, 1 sounds like he sucks, <laughs> and I'm glad that he died.
2: Oh my God. So that was the first thing that jumped out to me with this episode was that immediately it opens up with Teletran 1 with a voice and he's like a character. But then they immediately kill him off. <laughs> Again. He was basically introduced this episode or reintroduced this episode because most of the Autobots are going to be out of commission. So, like, they needed to have somebody explain to the Autobots that were out of the base what happened to the other Autobots. (laughs) But yeah, I just thought it it was just like, oh, well, that's super convenient.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and like, uh, he always speaks with a very emotionless voice because he's not actually a living being like the Transformers. But it just did kind of seem like he did have a personality when he's like, no, Optimus, don't... Destroyed. (laughs) It's like... and, And how can you tell the Autobots have been changed? Because they now have red eyes, and you know that means that you're evil now. (laughs) Oh, the funniest thing was the end of the first act, where Jazz and Bumblebee are the only two Autobots that haven't been turned by going in the stasis pods to recover. And there's like, Teletran, one, how many of the Autobots have been infected? All of them. And then (laughs) then Bumblebee immediately, uh, Bumblebee clenches onto Spike's shoulders like,
1: I'm scared, hold me.
0: One thing I thought was funny, though, is there's, like, realism, and then there's stupid realism. So, like, Jazz is outside on a jet near the end of the episode, and he's like, Whoa, I gotta lay down so I don't get blown off. And I'm like, What the f***? Real physics are being used! <laughs> oh, yeah. But then, later, he's using his very, very loud music, his sonics, that actually starts creating... Uh, God, they say an avalanche, but it's not an avalanche, because it's not snow. A rock sonic slide, boom. sonic boom. Yeah, but so he creates a, a rock slide with his... But this is, it's like so stupid. It's like, hey, uh, Thomas, do you want to go have a cookout in the middle of this forest to test my new super-powered fire grill? I don't think anything can possibly go wrong here in the middle of this rainforest, and it hasn't rained for a week. <laughs> I'm just like, why are you stopping right here at the cliff to do your music? I knew the rocks were gonna fall immediately once he started doing that. But yeah,
2: what was Music the deal attack. with
0: jazz? What was the deal with jazz this episode? Like, is that is this part
2: of his character? And I just never really noticed it because there's not really a lot of hasn't been a lot of episodes that focus on him. But it seemed like his voice was changing a lot in the episode. Is that just what he does?
0: Uh, no, he should have that same. Where he goes the, hey, cold turkey, it's me, Jazz. You know? Well,
2: yeah. It, <laughs> That's it, a good impression It seemed of like jazz. he was talking with, a, like, jive talking a bunch. But mm-hmm. then he would go into just, like, a straight, I don't know, somewhat butlery type of voice. But
0: just, yeah. like, very grumpy. It's called getting the episodes out as fast as possible and not directing. <laughs> no, I'm just, I have no idea. Yeah, it just seemed like he was just
2: flipping between like three different voices constantly throughout the episode. I was just like, oh, well, I feel like I vaguely heard. Uh, well, and I might just be getting it confused with the movie version of Bumblebee, where like his traditional voice doesn't work. So he just speaks through different radio frequencies, like broadcasts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I was just, I guess I was just getting, I was like, well, okay, maybe his voice is supposed to be like that. And I guess the movie version just decided they're going to use that concept on Bumblebee. Yeah, it was, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it was the version of, of, of the episode that I watched that.
0: No, it's the know. same everywhere. I just don't, yeah, the voices would never have changed. The, although I did notice they did cut out in the Shout Factory in the last episode we watched, the, the dialogue between when they're capturing Alligator Optimus. They cut out the line that didn't make sense so now they're talking and Optimus is actually responding to the line he's supposed to be responding to. But, yeah, the, the voices themselves, I've never noticed any actual changes. Well, uh, a couple of other things.
2: So, throughout this episode, and really through a lot of different series that were on at the time, there's a lot of fights that happen between characters, and they're always shooting their lasers and constantly just missing each other until the plot says oh you should actually get hit this time (laughs) but in this show however rumble never seems to miss with his earthquake attack it seems like every time he goes to use that it always seems to be effective he either uses the attack and knocks down whoever he's targeting or he uses it so effectively, it opens up a chasm and some Autobot falls right into it. Like, he he never misses with that attack. Like,
0: it has to be the most accurate attack in the show. <laughs> yeah, in last episode two in New York City, I remember Ironhide falls on his side and hits his shoulder in the most awkward way possible.
2: And there's just... definitely been episodes before that where he's knocked over people. or Yeah, or, in the original or...
0: three-parter, too. He was always knocking everyone over. He seems to be the most the VIP decepticon, doesn't he?
1: The attack just stuns people and just makes them lose their equilibrium pretty much
0: <laughs> and now that I think about it
2: it I guess it kind of makes sense that I've never seen him use a gun like every time he's involved in a fight, he either goes and physically tries to fight somebody or he uses his rumble arms so i guess he I guess he's the only one who's been able to figure out that these blasters suck. <laughs>
1: Hey, these are very specific, archetypical, That's cheesy great. attacks, okay? We've got a rumbler, we got to go a guy on music attacks.
0: <laughs> or you have the,
1: Bumblebee says,
0: don't you recognize me, Optimus? Optimus, slap! <laughs> Which I just thought was hilarious.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good, I... I I enjoyed that. <laughs> Maybe I'm a sadist.
0: But he makes up for it at the end. You know, he's like, Bumblebee, thank you. And he gives him this little hug that you've probably seen in gift form on the internet. <laughs> but at the end, when he thanks Bumblebee, he rubs him on the head like he's a child
1: or a cat. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was kind of weird.
1: <laughs> thank you, little buddy. <laughs> just,
2: just rub it in. <laughs> just this little guy. <laughs> also, what's the deal again this is another episode like the previous one where they just have a super vulnerable part that's just easily targeted right on the front of your chest so i guess uh when Jazz was fighting blue streak he hit the reset relay that was on his chest and i'm just
0: like why yeah there we go again you just have this frontal part (laughs) maybe it's only blue streak that has it right there I was thinking about that earlier when you said nobody misses with lasers. I was like, they do if they throw weights at him.
2: Well, no, the lasers. The lasers always miss, but Rumble's <laughs> attacks, his his attacks yeah. never miss. But why
0: did Jazz hit him? Because instead of shooting a laser, he threw an Autobot weight training apparatus <laughs> at him. Yeah, they really gotta get, get rid of those lasers. <laughs> well, the funniest thing, though, is uh, it's like Megatron knows he's gonna take over the Autobots, so he has nobody to gloat to, so he purposely builds a transmitter into the personality destabilizer just so he can tell his plan and taunt Teletran 1 before he's destroyed. Because he just has to do it as a supervillain. Record it for all to see. Mm-hmm. And I like how it just turned them all generic evil. Like, I just want to destroy, but also obey Megatron. <laughs> It's not going to be good for human relations now to them to think of them as actual living beings if they can be controlled this easily.
1: I've got some homework for you, Sean. I think you have to go through all the episodes and find out how many different personality modifiers there are, (laughs) like attitude adjusters and brainwashers. uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. all these. And usually... Looks kind of the same. It's just something they clip on the outside of the the body or yeah, stick into the charging pods or something. <laughs> they do this so often.
0: Well, two of the three Insecticons, one of them has the cerebral shell, which we'll see next episode. But the other guy can control Autobots when they're in their vehicle form with his electricity. Like... But oh, yeah, that's right. We did
2: see that, right? He
0: doesn't he can't control them when they're actually in robot form, but he can do that when they're in vehicle form. And but he only did it that once in the middle of the episode, and I don't see him do it again. Didn't he control humans too? Or was that something else? No, that uh
2: I guess that was just Megatron that did something and had the humans protecting his uh little machine.
0: Oh, that was the the ultimate doom where he mind controlled all the humans? Yeah. So he didn't control any Autobots? that time, it was just the humans with his device. But you'll also see later in Season 2, he has a permanent mind changing device he used on Cybertron which made the Constructicons evil, and because apparently they used to be good. So, there, there's, there's, a, there's a few more and there's probably more I'll miss, but you know, I'm just going to say that's all there are, Charlie, and I'm done. <laughs> I found them all.
1: <laughs> found all the what?
0: The mind control okay, devices.
1: Oh, okay. Pokemon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <come> <laughs> yeah. I thought the techno bagel, babble was pretty hilarious that Sparkplug says. He's like, so blah 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 the ions to blah de, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, geez, that is the most techno babble I've ever seen for a kid's show.
1: And then Jazz is like, so it fires good ions or something. <laughs> Everybody oh, said goodness. Yeah.
0: Good and evil okay. are actual scientific concepts now. We just discovered yeah. that.
1: <laughs>
0: it's like, what, they can, it, you can even detect good or evil intent? Like, Teletran 1 is, like, psychic, because he's like, uh-oh, Optimus Prime and everyone is turning evil. I feel evil. I'm like, oh, okay. That's not how that works. <laughs> I that mean, was he should have detected the
1: <laughs> Where, um... What, when they walked in? Yeah, when he's like, uh... The old, little, kind of strange uh, evil. <laughs> I just like the the build up there too.
0: did they ever name the Air Force Base, or is it just generic Air Force Base? I think they just said Air Force yeah. Base, oh, okay, because they're so used to using like real locations. I wouldn't have been surprised if they used a real Air Force base in the u s
1: and when they rolled up there and stormed into it, it's just funny. Like maybe I was taking it too literally, but they burst right through the gate and they're on the flight line, like the flight lines right at the gate, like because
0: you only have you so know, many backgrounds no, you can draw.
1: Yeah, there's there's no kind of protection. <laughs> there's no extra checkpoints. Just bam through one um thing. And yeah, you're you're in. OK, let's start smashing uh, jets. And what was like, that happens
2: in real life? <laughs> I can speak I mean, to that personally. What?
1: flash through, but they're... They well,
2: no, not that part. Just not but just, to... <laughs> But how easily, if somebody decided or was successful in doing
0: that, how easily they would be onto a flight line.
1: <laughs> uh, yes and no, I would say.
0: You always see in movies where people watch an airplane take off and they're right, and literally they're only behind a chain link fence and then the airfield is right there. So well, yeah, that's really what I'm have... saying. So the base I work on, right there's the road
2: there's a just a chain link fence and then there's the runway you could easily if somebody decided to go crazy and was able <laughs> to actually do what they wanted to do they would be on the runway but that it's the very end of the runway so they wouldn't like planes <laughs> are so far away like they could take off way sooner than you could actually drive up the rest of the way
1: there's no that spiky razor fence or anything or the sharp pointy fence
2: no no nothing like that it's just a regular fence
0: if you have worked on near an air force area is there tons and tons of barrels everywhere
1: (laughs) oh yeah lots and lots of barrels i'm being sarcastic (laughs) because
0: at one point the the army it's like they don't know what to do so they just have a truck dump all these barrels in their path as if that's gonna stop the autobots (laughs)
1: let's create a barricade with barrels
0: (laughs) and and it's just like and you just see like prowl there just blowing them up while he's standing in them and it's just like what is the
1: point of all these barrels
0: did the army do this or like did well well, it might have been maybe this
2: particular base was was barrel storage i mean they're gonna need barrels for fuel or something right
1: they gotta be
2: kept somewhere
1: I couldn't tell if that was a barrier that they put up or if like the crazy Autobots just started ripping trucks open and one was just full of barrels and they just (laughs) let them loose. And in the next scene, somebody like blasts a couple of the barrels like they're doing something, but they could have just stepped over them pretty much. But (laughs) go figure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just I didn't understand that. But uh, also... Oh, like the book we just read, the the base knew who Skyfire was when he flies over top of them. The two guys inside are like, look, it's Skyfire! Like, they know all the Autobots by name.
1: Or just the ones that fly
0: through that they have to know to let through without shooting them in their airspace.
1: These guys are their friends. The Autobots are your friends.
0: Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get annoyed at how so much real world has to come into Transformers all the time. Like, in, in um, Transformers Prime, it doesn't really interfere that much. Like, they have the government liaison, but they kind of stay out of the way. Except there's that one episode that takes place on the base where they're, like, interviewing optimists, They're like, didn't you do this because you were evil, mind-controlled? Or was it really you? At least it stays out enough. But I just get annoyed when the military, like, in the live-action movies, they gotta make it so realistic. The military is there all the time, and they're completely worthless, and shouldn't even be in the plot if they're not gonna do f- anything. I'm just like... <laughs> we get, like, five movies of worthless humans doing absolutely nothing.
2: They, The humans do stuff. They, they bring in the vehicles that make the big explosions.
0: Oh, oh my God. I just like I understand the need for realism sometimes, but sometimes you just want to have your, you know, card teams don't have to deal with every single realistic thing, like what the military would be doing over here, and then what the U.S. Air Force would be doing over here, and what China's division would be doing over here, or whatever. I'm just like, oh my god, we I mean, just tell a fun story and don't worry too much about realism all the time.
1: I Me, mean, it seems like the humans exist in Transformers. I mean. Almost purely as military, and a bunch of construction workers and miners, mm-hmm. like because there's always a mining military, operation. And scientists,
2: those are the three <laughs> jobs in this this world. Wait, what?
1: Yeah, right? exactly. Construction,
0: militarians, and, and scientists.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Unless,
0: oh, that's right. Even Chase Chip Chase is a scientist because he was like, even though he was a high school kid, he was working at a power plant and spark plug and. Spike both worked as construction workers.
1: I don't even know if we get to see normal towns much. I mean, for the most part, we see like a mining operation, or a lab, or an air force airfield, or we just saw, know, New like saw New York City Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was most normal. We saw like and before, one Park, episode that you almost. might not have
2: seen. They went to um, a more of a remote, like jungle village area when they went to South oh, America. Wait.
1: Oh, they went to Bali in one episode. Yeah, <laughs> and there was... were farmers or rice, rice paddy workers or something. But
0: right, yeah,
1: yeah. that was still kind of odd.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they did go into the city. Hound would cruise with Spike in the city before Spike betrayed him and only became friends with Bumblebee. Bumblebee. <laughs> there's, there's another traitor for you. Abandoned his poor friend behind. He's like, I like driving in Bumblebee instead. F you, Hound. And then Hound went to cry. But he never talks to Hound again after those three episodes like that, really.
1: I'm waiting for the episode when the robots are just chilling out on the beach. There's, I can remember that from when I was a kid, and I, I haven't found that yet.
0: Well, there's a few early ones where they're having snowball fights and just having fun in the snow <laughs> before the plot kicks in. At one point, they're just... Spike's teaching him something, or they're doing something outside. And in a future episode, we'll see Spike show Optimus Prime basketball, and the Transformers <laughs> oh, will all be God, playing basketball that's... outside.
1: <laughs> oh boy!
0: <laughs> it's interesting that Optimus Prime actually uh, disassembles his trailer finally and sends out Roller and his gun to shoot the Autobots, but because both of those get attached with the personality. Re destabilizer that the Autobots have invented, it's affecting Optimus's brain, so he's mentally connected to these two things in his trailer, and it's affecting his ability to be evil because these things are now good. So, I just thought that was Is pretty that interesting. Is that your explanation for it, or did I miss that? No, <laughs> I miss he's that. like because, because I, I definitely
2: remember him struggling in a way that the other Autobots didn't, at least in my head, they just decided for plot okay, we're gonna have Optimus make himself runnable. But I, yeah, I don't remember that explanation in the show.
0: That was me interpreting what happened because oh, okay. he only starts right. to resist after his two parts have turned good.
1: Oh, okay. Because I, I just assumed all of those things were independent because they had to like throw one at the thing that was firing and then throw one at the, the rolling I. thing. Uh,
0: I thought he was mentally controlling them and because they shot the eviler on him, like that they de-eviler. became. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just, beca- they just became like good now, and since they weren't actual Optimus Prime, but extensions of him, it was starting to affect Optimus himself. So he was struggling to try to break free on his own because those were now good, but he still had the evil thing in his actual body.
1: I like the struggle that he was having, where like he's holding his head, and he's like, oh, I, I, I can't hold on, I'm almost, and then he's. He suddenly just takes a jet and he snaps it on his knee. (laughs) Yeah. And then he, like, kind of runs out of energy and he collapses on another jet and just crushes it. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, Bumblebee, quick, help me. And Bumblebee just jams the uh, attitude adjuster into his knee. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, So next we have Animation Errors. So there was a pretty big one where Ratchet is standing up front and Blue Streak is behind him, but they put the giant red cross on Blue Streak's body instead of Ratchet. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. And the funniest thing is Soundwave comes in and blows up the computers for the rocket, and then he goes and uses those same computers that he already blew up. It's just the same exact image. And it's like there was a, an error, like they used the wrong one because that was clearly the exact same area that he just blew up. That was the only ones I noticed. Did you guys notice any animation errors? Uh, no, I didn't notice anything in this episode. Okay, Charlie?
1: No, I've been trying to look hard, but I, I didn't see anything that popped out at me. But That was a really good catch. <laughs> like the the cross. <laughs> it's the wrong body.
0: No deleted audio, but there does seem to be a slight retcon here, right? I had two. First, Optimus and Ratchet just up and fly out of out of Frenzy's earthquake hole. I'm like, "Oh, okay. I guess you guys can fly like, you know how when you get a surge of adrenaline?" And you can lift a car up to save your friend, you know, child, mother, daughter, whatever. Maybe Autobots have flight adrenaline when they're near death and can produce small acts of flight. Is that, does that sound like complete science, Thomas? Or do you think that's a lot of BS? Uh,
2: I have to think about that. I'm not so sure. That's, that's a hard question for me to answer right now.
1: <laughs> I understand why they just can't fly. Why I mean,
2: well, yeah, I, do I don't they have yeah. any
1: rocket boosters They're, They're outer space robots. Don't they have to fly through space sometimes? Well,
2: they don't even need boosters. I mean, the Decepticons don't have boosters. So why did Autobots have to
0: have them? Well, the Autobots need them because they got them jet packs on the wall. They need to use from time to time.
1: I mean, they don't have to be like obvious boosters. They could just be internal, like. Super high powered fans or something.
0: I don't know if Master Force does this, but I do know a lot of other iterations have the trailer will combine with optimus primes and give him jets so that he can actually fly i think they do that in armada and energon so he can actually like fly around but here it's always like well grab the jetpack or send sunstreaker and sideswipe since they can actually fly with their jetpacks so there was a weird plot point they only made one like evil reverser But later, Hound just starts shooting so much of them out of his gun at everyone. I was like, I could have sworn they only made the one and they were going to have to take it off each turned Autobot and then use that same one again. But no, they made a ton of them. So, I guess they did that off screen.
1: But then they ran out. (laughs) Because there was only a limited number of them that they could make, though they made so many. Hey boys, we're going to
0: yeah, there was definitely no main character in this episode.
1: Energy! We won't need to conserve it after tomorrow! We can bleed this planet dry!
0: What about Megatron's energy source? So basically he's trying to steal the satellite because it is using solar energy from the sun to produce energy on Earth. But he also goes and steals the plans behind it. I guess either so that he can make more or so nobody else can make another one. He's also thinking ahead, so I kind of like that. Yeah, that was his plan, right? Just to take it and then just convert the satellite, I guess, to make energon cubes instead of transmitting it down to Earth. But is that a real thing? Can a satellite actually convert energy and send it down to Earth as electricity that we can use? Probably not, right? No.
1: Microwaves.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we don't have we don't have the technology to just transfer something from the sun into more energy, from unless there's a giant wire connecting the satellite all the way down to Earth, right?
1: Uh, electromagnetic induction, like some kind of giant electromatic electromagnet or something. <laughs> I don't
0: know. So I don't see how the satellite would give energy to the Earth in in the realistic way. But
1: Let's hope that never happens.
0: What, we have a solar satellite?
1: Yeah, solar energy um, distributing satellite.
0: Well, he could have done what Megatron did an episode or two ago, where he just made that giant beam that just like sucked up energy from the sun itself. I mean, shoot. He needed it for big-sized Transformers. I'm sure Earth people could have easily converted it into a non-destructive way and made something like that to just... Immediately take energy from the sun instead of having to do like all this solar satellite stuff. But whatever, in this universe, somehow this solar satellite is going to convert into energy for the entire world to use. Somehow, that's
1: another thing to count like how many times they try to harness the power of the sun because they keep doing that over and over. I do what I want when I want
0: stupid moments. Yay. Uh, I like how Optimus, at the very beginning of the episode, he says, my warning diode is pulsating. I'm like, what, do you have spider sense? And they just start making stuff up all the time. Like, I think in the next episode, Cliffjumper's like, my, you know, truth-telling apparatus is going off or something. I'm like, BS, you don't have that. I just thought it was funny that Optimus said something like that. Uh, I already mentioned the thing about testing the speakers at the cliff.
1: How about the way, um decepticon rumble says in a very nasally voice bye bye baby as he pounds (laughs) the ground creating an instant chasm for prime and ratchet to fall into
0: (laughs) oh yeah he definitely says that in the japanese version too and it's also hilarious
1: it's just so corny like (laughs) does he say it in english yeah he says
0: it in english oh no Yep. Oh, Japanese English or or no, yeah Japanese English, but it was it in
1: pretty...
0: English. <laughs> no, it's bye bye baby. The same thing.
1: Oh, okay. Go figure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they must have thought that was like gold or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you already mentioned earlier he cocked his reset relay.
1: I'm like, what?
0: They just have those resets like randomly in their body. Because what was it, last episode, Megatron just waved a wand and was like, ha, huh, I paralyzed you with my magic wand.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everything is on the front of their body, so it's super easy to, like, act this out. LARPing made easy. <laughs>
0: Also, I have some stupid Megatron moments here. So, they say, we're going to have to stop the rocket launch. Megatron bursts in and goes, no, it's going to continue. Immediately shoots and blows up the computer.
1: You need those to set
0: off the rocket. (laughs) Yeah. How are you, Megatron and who knows how many Decepticons, going to ride a human-sized shuttle to Cybertron? And you see they do fit in it somehow, like five of them. But then he leaves the door open. I just like you realize that once you enter the atmosphere, everything inside is going to get destroyed or blow up. You need to close that door before you get up past the atmosphere.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, i just like Megatron, your ideas. I was like, why are you leaders?
1: Oh, man. Oh, uh, no, we will explore that further in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh well i think the stupidest moment of all was the loudspeaker guy dr Hardigan, dr harding a
0: yeah. party
1: of enemy autobots is attacking this building <laughs> and yeah. then like the female scientist looks perplexed for a moment and like it's because she's not sure if that was her name they were calling or the other doctor why Dr. did they Hardigan. did they
0: say her name two different ways in the show? <laughs> yeah, they said oh, it wrong <laughs> over the
1: loudspeaker, <laughs> and it wasn't corrected. It was just like it was just like Doctor Hardigan, Doctor Harding.
0: <laughs> that's uh, what it
1: sounded like. Anyway, I tried to listen to that. That's several just times. realism.
0: Like that, that that has to happen in real life, right? Well, they didn't correct it on the loudspeaker, right? It was just like they said her name no. twice. Yeah.
1: They said it twice, but. But one time it was different. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So I think her name is Doctor Harding. They called her that the rest of the the series. But it started off, off as Doctor Hardigan. <laughs> that was the first thing I hit my ears, and I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> uh,
0: I do have "Bye Bye Baby" written on here as a note. Um, <laughs> one thing I thought was funny is also is they're like, "Well, we're gonna go repair." The- Repair the planes we destroyed. I was like they exploded. <laughs> how are you
1: how are you gonna repair exploded aircraft?
0: We can't even do guess that with they... our technology now. And they like... have
1: they've, they've been broken across knees, you know, like <laughs> Prime just takes one and just breaks it over his knee. Like I hope you like building aircraft from scratch because you're gonna be that doing is that pretty for dumb. the next next year or two
0: (laughs) one of the funniest things i thought was just so stupid and unrealistic is when dr harding is on the phone when we first introduced to her she's like you say you're launching my satellite now and i imagine the phone call is doctor we're launching your satellite today would you happen to drop everything and come over to see it so you could help us we're telling you this just right now because we forgot And she's, she's just like, oh, I'll just stop everything I'm doing and go over there. and its launch is happening like right now. <laughs> like she, she didn't have any idea it was happening until that phone call.
1: Like who does a launch like that at, at random time? Like, hey, we're going out to lunch and we're gonna launch your rocket. You, you in? You coming? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you guys have anything other kind of stupid moments that you wanted to mention? in this episode, before we end on this episode.
1: Just the quotes. The Megatron always has a method to his madness, Prime says.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thomas, any other funny, stupid things you want to mention? No, I don't have anything else. Any final episode thoughts?
1: Hey, come back! You didn't finish your nickel-plated knuckle sandwich. (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. uh.
0: <laughs> for our character spotlight this time I want to mention something funny so in the generation 1 continuity there are 7 other Starscream recolors and we're not going to do any of them because f that they're not real they only got made later in life not in the actual continuity of the cartoons, the toys. They don't have names until much later. It's like, it's just, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. There's seven Starscream recolors. However, I want you to guys to check that link I sent you. It's an Autobot that showed up in the initial three-parter and then vanished from existence and never had a toy made of him.
1: Huh?
0: Autobot that... Was in the show but never had a toy made? Yeah, he was in the first three episodes. Scroll down to fiction. So we're gonna do something don't normally do, which is access TF Wiki while we're on the podcast. But if you go down to where it says fiction, Transformers G One, cartoon continuity, and read his only (laughs) and read one of his only descriptions. Because he shows up at the beginning of Episode 2 and the end of Episode 1, I know. That's that's it. It's the only time he shows up. Soon after okay. the Autobots awaken in
2: 1984, Hauler and Ratchet were brought by Cliffjumper to aid the fallen Hound, who had been sent tumbling into a ravine following a battle with Laserbeak. While Ratchet and Cliffjumper jumped down to check their buddy out, Hauler remained up top and used his winch to lift Hound to safety. Yeah, and. Yeah. He did his part for the
0: war, <laughs> his tour is done. And he never had a robot mode, so nobody knew who this was if you grew up watching that. They are like, who's this Autobot in the original three-parter who never shows up in the actual series?
1: Well, he was a, a nice plot device.
0: Yeah, and a, <laughs> like you see that they do make a toy of him later, because of course they do, in the year 2003... I just find that amusing because I do remember that, uh, him showing up, but him never, like, actually talking or getting any kind of thing. Uh, But let's see what it says down here. Apparently, he was intended to be released from the Diaclone line as part of the first year of Transformers toys. Packaging for the 1984 Autobot cars contained 12 figures, but only 11 were actually released. Mirage taking up the empty slot in place of Hauler. The figure was held back and eventually released in 1985 as Grapple. Oh, that's that scientist that shows up later in Season 2. Okay. Why
1: Mirage, though? What could you do with him? How could he turn invisible or do anything cool? You know, it's like, hey, go
0: figure. Oh, Oh, God. Mirage was so underutilized last episode. He's like, the Decepticons could be near. I'll go scout ahead, turns invisible, and then that's it next thing we see he's visible again saving optimus then fighting the alligator and i'm like what was the point of turning invisible he didn't sneak up on anyone or get by anybody yeah i
1: think think holler would have made a more fun toy because at least you could have like a little winch pulley thing with a crank or something and you can hook your autobots on and wind them up a side of a huh. table or something. <laughs> I,
0: yeah, I do like this, though. They say in the 1985 cards, they retroactively called him Grapple.
1: It's actually a better name than Holler.
0: <laughs> what I find hilarious is that he actually shows up as a real character in the Japanese cartoon continuity, where they say that he was actually one of the original Constructicons who helped build Megatron, apparently. So I just thought that was amusing, and I wanted to show you guys that. I didn't even know he was going to they later made Grapple, basically, that guy.
1: I think I might have noticed him if I had been a kid, because I always used to pick out the most obscure cartoon character that just doesn't show up. And have like, oh my god, here's an episode with a cartoon character in it. You know, like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. I remember, I think, the Gummy Bear series had, like, this blue weird bear they met on some island or something. And, you know, like, just, just weird stuff. Like, <laughs> I might have noticed that there was a holler, but
2: um, I'm glad it took for a character that was in there from the very beginning. It took 60 episodes for Sean to point him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, because yeah. I, I mean, I'm like, this is news to me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the winch guy was there. <laughs> All this other stuff. I'd even, I couldn't even rem- remember that he was being overlooked.
0: Do you remember how on Cybertron there's like a green Starscream and a yellow Starscream? But there's seven of them. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's too much. <laughs> it's like, why were there... They kept recoloring Starscream. Why did they never recolor Reflector to be different colors, to make it look like it was different people?
1: Speaking of recolors... I'm sorry, Blue Streak still bothers the hell of me because he's he's just red. Like there's red I thought he was gray and... with gray and white. Yeah, it's or er, they usually use red, white, and gray. And it's just why is his name blue streak? There's no blue on him. Is he supposed to be a police car? I think he's a police car, right?
0: Uh no, Prowl is the police car.
1: Okay. What is I mean? doesn't he have a blue stripe on him is his car or something when he turns into the car or...
0: he's just all that gray is actually blue in the comic book i don't know if it is in his actual toy though it's been a okay. while i have to but check he... the toy he's
1: no he's red blue. in the toy
0: what the heck it's red on the original toy oh <laughs> uh, no idea why he's called blue streak then
1: that bothers the hell out of, of me. It's just like, oh my god, there's no blue. Was Blue Streak blue? No, his his windows his it's windows reflect
0: street. the blue sky. I mean, there's a little bit of blue there. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> well, as we've seen in the end credits, there is a blue car that shows up. Uh, we've got four more episodes of the original Transformers before the season two people start showing up. And I'm wondering if that is just Blue Streak finally painted blue. <laughs> <laughs> i guess uh, a lot
1: of action figures where he is actually blue and there's the nissan transforming one that one's actually pretty cool because it's a z car but yeah i mean he would have not been blue like originally (laughs) i see a red and gray z car also so it's like go figure but it just bothers me. He doesn't have a drop of blue on him at all.
0: When they couldn't get the name Blue Streak for copyright reasons, his name did become Silver Streak for a few years till they got the copyright back, if I'm recalling from our actual Blue Streak character spotlight from episodes ago.
1: it's a better name for him. Silver Streak, I like that.
0: Yeah, so anyway, we hope you have enjoyed our look at Attack of the Autobots. And we thank you for listening to another exciting episode of Sparkcast. And signing off, this is Sean. Carly, And
2: Thomas.